A boy's best friend is his mother. Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Ah! Rocky! Oh, you're so cool, Brewster! I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? It was an asylum! And it was hell! 20 years of pure hell! Movies don't create psychos! Movies make psychos more creative! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? Better give me those shoes, they're mine, give them back to me! How many times do I have to tell you Ursula Andres belongs with the transvestites, not the perverts? Oh, you heterosexuals. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. You're a bullshit artist! They're coming! They're coming! Welcome to Screaming Queens. <laughs> Welcome to Screaming Queens, the horror podcast of the Queer Eye View. My name's John Larkin. I'm Martin Fennessy. Uh, I'm Jonathan Butler. And I'm Stephen Moore. And on this episode of Screaming Queens, we thought we would go right back to the 60s and we would go, <clears throat> we would go all out, camp, silly, over the top, by all accounts, dreadful, um, <laughs> William Castle horror movie um, with a script written by Robert Bloch, who gave us Psycho, and starring the ultimate camp queenie icon, Miss Joan Crawford. And the film is from 1963... Straight Jacket. So Straight Jacket came off the back of whatever happened to Baby Jane. Um, so you got Joan Crawford, Martin. Always, you've always got an interest in me putting this. That you, you, don't you always say that Joan Crawford had three careers? Yeah. So she had like her silent film career. Yeah. In like the twenties and sort of the sound film in the thirties, and then she got labelled box office poison and couldn't get hired, <laughs> and then turned forty and unusually had a resurgent career in the 40s and yeah. 50s doing Mildred Pierce and all of that sort of thing. Well, she forgot her first Oscar and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then, again, the late 50s had a bit of a, a slump again and then found her feet along with a lot of other Hollywood greats with the um, 1960s granny grignol <laughs> genre of horror films. <laughs> also known as Biddy Horror. Biddy Horror. Horror. So you've got three careers, and obviously the one that we're most interested in is the trashy career at the end, moving towards the end of her her time in Hollywood and her, her life, really. And she found that the the sort of Granny Guignol was a was a big hit, so she sort of went with that. And coming off the back of the big success that was, um, whatever happened to Baby Jane? Even though she never got the Oscar, she deserved the Oscar. <laughs> I sort of did. <laughs> <laughs> we like to have a joke because I'm more of a joke. I'm a Joan and, and Martin's a Betty, but there you go. Um, mm. And also, if you want to hear more about Baby Jane, go back and listen to our episodes on that. Um, it's, there, it's there online. We had a lot of fun with that one. So off the back of that, she came and joined with William Castle, who was like a Hollywood schlockmeister, wasn't he, who made awful films like um, The Tingler and <laughs> stuff like that, and came back with Straight Jacket. Something happens to me. Something frightening. From the loneliness and simplicity of an isolated farm to the sophisticated elegance of a country estate, Straight Jacket mounts to a crescendo of electrifying suspense. Sinister. <laughs> Frightening. Bill! Bill! Don't you go in that room! Joan Crawford, 
in a shattering screen portrayal. A frantic woman pressured by straitjacket tension. Leave me alone! You let go of me? Listen to me! Just call me Lucy. I wouldn't like my little girl to think I was trying to take her fellow away from her. Carol and Michael are going to be married! And nobody's gonna stop it! Ingeniously designed to shock and startle, Straightjacket may go beyond the limits of your ability to endure suspense. Mother! He's gone. Tell me. Oh, my God! The author of the famed novel Psycho, the director of the widely acclaimed chiller Homicidal, the co-star of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, Join forces to create a frightening classic of shock and suspense. So, Straight Jacket opens with the demented screams of someone going off the head, uh, smashing glass, and then cuts straight to the jukebox. Um, in like a little diner type type affair and it couldn't be more sort of driving exploitation 60s really even in the first couple of seconds and is it at the beginning or at the end where you've got the is it Columbia Pictures it's, it's, it's at the end it's at the end a little surprise at the end yeah um, well I'll save that for the end of the podcast then but we're, we're told from the beginning basically that this is a trashy exploitative horror movie um, with its tongue firmly in its cheek. Although doesn't doesn't the poster specifically say this film contains graphic depictions of Yes. Straight jacket vividly depicts axe murders. Yeah. So you have a bit of a description of Joan at the beginning, don't you, which is which is great and it's a great shot. And it says very much <laughs> yeah. very much a woman <laughs> and very much aware of the facts. Yes. <laughs> and the expression on Joan's face is just amazing. <laughs> and then it seeds into just lots of images which seem like they're probably from her art therapy which because they contain lots of oh, decapitated yeah. heads and the strange draws, images. It just sort of artwork at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very it's 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 quite it's actually quite dark and yeah. Yeah. all that image. It, it doesn't quite fit with the rest of the film because it is quite dark and disturbing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And then the rest of it is kind of just kind of yeah, well yeah. <laughs> it's not dark and disturbing anymore. <laughs> Going back to Jones intro though, can we please just can we please talk about when she steps down after that steam yeah. train? Yeah. <laughs> And um, she's just like, oh, how would you describe her look? She's sort of woman, um, woman of a certain age. <laughs> woman of yeah, a woman of a certain age playing a young woman yeah. of a very different age. <laughs> <laughs> I still think she looks flawless. She, she looks amazing. She looks amazing. But it's almost like youth drag. It's like <laughs> it's like an old person. Doing young people's drag yeah. in the 1940s. But I loved <laughs> the contrast of that, of her looking just amazing and glamorous in that opening shot, and you get that beautiful description of her. And then the next time you see her do the same thing again, coming off the chain, and she just looks like fucking death. Oh, yeah. The, and con- the like, contrast is really good, isn't and it? And it's just a nice, like, double imagery that you yeah. get in there. Yeah. 20 um, years in an asylum. Well, yes, and it was hell, apparently. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, she. The thing, the thing that one of the things I love most about Joan in this film is that she can't move without a bra- without a bracelet jingling. Oh my god, no! <laughs> but it sort of sums up her character. 
That sort of jingling of cheap jewellery is just hair all over. Large, cheap jewellery. Very tall, large, gaudy, <laughs> chunky jewellery, yeah. I just kept thinking if you were actually friends with this woman or around this woman and she was jangling every five seconds, I'd actually strangle her. Yeah. <laughs> She'd probably beat you yeah, with her jewellery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Extra! Extra! Read all about it! Love Slayer Insane! Um, so in this opening, we have Joan, who plays uh, Lucy Harbin, and she is coming home early from, I don't know where she's meant to have been, but she catches her husband and maybe another woman, and her little daughter is asleep in the next room. Oh, not so asleep. Strangely, sleeping right next to the front door. Yeah. Why is the bed right next to the front door? Because they're poor. Yeah, just, just right. back then, it was... Right. They they're poor. They're poor. They've got any, can afford, they can only afford two rooms. Poor white trash. Yeah. No privilege here. Yeah. And she comes home, finds the husband in bed. Husband, by the way, is played by a very young Lee Majors. Is that uh, Lee Majors? Lee yeah. Majors. Oh, I didn't even recognise him. Yeah, it. looking very hot. And mm-hmm. uh, Lee Majors got the job because his good friend, Rock Hudson, spoke to the director oh. about, about that. Good friend. So, good friend indeed. <laughs> very close. Very close. Which, now we know Lee Majors is a top, though, because apparently Rock Hudson was a power mm-hmm. Things <laughs> you know. There you go. Um... And um, so she finally majors in bed with Rockwood, uh, with another woman. And <laughs> so uh, apparently she does the only thing that that is um, rational in the situation and picks up the nearest axe and um, decapitates both of them. And we see all of this by shadow puppetry on the wall. <laughs> I like the fact that she managed to decapitate someone lying in bed next to someone else and that person didn't wake up. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I think he'd probably notice that. And the head's just kind of go, ping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's very good at that. She just, there's no, like, there's no, there's no sort of, there's no lingering connection between the body and the head. Yeah. She instantly severs those heads yeah. and the body. She lops them off. Mm. She grew up on a farm. Well, that's true. Yeah. She's probably used to the chickens, isn't mm. she? Yeah. Um, Might not be the first husband she's had to kill. Yeah. Maybe. She's handy as an <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So then 20 years later, she's coming out of the asylum and she's coming back to live on the farm with her, her brother, her brother and yeah. his wife, who have. Are they Bill and Emily? Um, it's, yeah, I think it's Bill and. Bill. And Emily, yeah, yeah that's right. Emily, well, well remembered. And they have been bringing up the daughter, Carol, who is now like in her 20s. And she is played by uh, Diane Baker, who went on to be Senator Ruth Martin in Science of the Lambs. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, with the one with the nice suit. Yeah. Nice suit. Um, and when you when you realise it's her, she looks exactly the same in this yeah. film as she does in Science of the Lambs. And so, basically, we come in on Carol <coughs> with her sort of dreamy boyfriend who's from, like, a nice, respectable, posh family, breaking the news to him that, A, my mother is in an asylum <laughs> killing people, and B, she's been released. Now nah, she'll be here in 10 Will you hold it against me? Yes. <laughs> and he's very understanding. He's very understanding. It's got to be a better way to break that news. <laughs> You'd think so. Earlier. 
<laughs> yeah. I just think it's a bit weird of a thing to have to like say to me, oh, by the way, my mum's a murderer. Like, I just, I don't even... You see, I don't think that's the weirdest thing about Carol. <laughs> what, do you think, what do you think? Let's just say from the get-go, there is something weird about Carol. See, it's hard to decipher, I think, if you think it from a 60s point of view, because she just gets... The character of Carol is very much a, a, a 60s young lady stereotype in yeah. Hollywood. Very clean, very respectable. I can't help but think anybody living then or now wouldn't look at Carol and think you are too clean mm. or too tidy. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly, there's a character we'll be speaking about about in another film yes. who, who presents in the very same yeah. way. Um, but it's just very, it's very odd. She's mm. supposedly a, a sculpture. A sculpture. 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 Sorry. Is that how that works in newsport? A double S on the end of anything. No, yeah. I think that's sexism. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not as good as sculptors. <laughs> no. Um, oh, and so there's no, <laughs> not about clothes. Not about clothes. <laughs> not about clothes. Are dirty. Yeah. Even yeah. when she's actually doing sculpting. Yeah. There's no clay. There's nothing. Yeah. Her studio yeah. is. It's immaculate. It's like tidier than my house. Yes. And she lives on the farm. Yeah. She's got to walk past pigs and chicken shit to yeah. get to, a, to a, an art studio. Yeah, anyone who's that clean living on a farm and being a sculptor just can't be trusted. No. I'm sorry. And speaking of her studio, I just love the bust mm. of Joan Crawford yeah. in the 30s. <laughs> that yeah. she's made for her mum, who she never would have seen when she looked no. like that. No, no, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you think that was just like hanging around the Columbia lot somewhere, so they thought, oh, we'll use that. Yeah, it was from, it was from um, there was a Joan Crawford film, was it called A Woman's Face? The one where yes. she's scarred. Yeah. It's from that. Oh. It's from that, so it's like a reference to her career. It was probably lying around Joan's house. She's, <laughs> She's probably, probably in the bathroom. She probably insisted it was in the... It's like a toilet roll stand. Keep a hat on it. To go with the Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> so 18... So I counted this 18 minutes into the film, we get our first Pepsi product placement. Uh, it's just sort of sitting there in the kitchen. Like very prominently. Very prominently. <laughs> uh, and I, but I did actually think, so for the uninitiated, Joan Crawford married the guy, the CEO, was it, of yeah. Pepsi? And from there on in, decided that she ran Pepsi. Mm-hmm. People actually thought she was the head of the, the chairman of the board because she put on such a good performance. <laughs> and every film she was in, she made sure Pepsi was featured in the film on the set. She's just hilarious. Um, but she used to also fill the bottles with vodka. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Yeah. She never just, just vodka or vodka and Pepsi? Probably a bit of Pepsi as well. Just, <laughs> yeah. to make just sure. a top. Ah, yeah. Just so people didn't notice. So yeah, I thought there'd be more references to Pepsi in this film, but just the one. But if you were on a farm, you probably, it was probably a luxury, wasn't it? So maybe not. I don't think that would have stopped George. No, maybe. Yeah, what if it in the rich people's house at the end? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So Joan Crawford did this film on the proviso that she had approval on the script and the casting as well. And the original actress who was playing her daughter, she didn't get on. Where? Who was it, do you know? Do you know, there's somebody... Someone I've never heard of. Somebody called Anne Helm, and apparently um, there was lots of there was lots of problems with her and Joan Crawford. And she, she um, there's actually an interview with Diane Baker on YouTube talking oh, yeah. about it. I think it might be from the DVD, it might right. be from one of the DVDs. 
end of the film. She says it wasn't working out. Her timing was off. She wasn't getting it. She wasn't seeing eye to eye. To eye. She wasn't working the way Crawford wanted to work. Um, <laughs> and so she just got rid of her. So Diane Baker had been in a film five years before with Joan Crawford. Right. And Joan had loved her, so she just said, I want her. Well, the thing with Joan Crawford is she was a bit of a twat to people, but she was she was also loyal. So if she liked Joan, mm. you were in a good position. Yeah. You just didn't want to go on the wrong side of her. I just love that though that it's not like the director wasn't agreeing thinking that she was lying oh, no. for the reasons yeah. or anything or the <laughs> studio heads it was like no Joan didn't like her you're well, gone because Joan wasn't part of the original cast originally it was Joan another Hollywood actress called Joan Blondell and um, but something happened to her and she could no longer work so they got Joan wasn't even part of the original cast so she comes in and yeah like you say it's not the director who decides Joan comes in and all of a sudden you're the star of the, you're the star of the film gets, gets fucked up. And also, you know, uh, when the doctor comes to visit her from Mental Asylum, so, so. <laughs> he looks like like a trucker. Also, he doesn't look like a, a doctor at all. Well, he neither. He's not an actor either. He's the vice president of Pepsi. Who Jones says, "Oh, come and play a role." And didn't tell the director. He just turns up on set. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's true star power though. Yeah. She just like yeah. earns everything. <laughs> People yeah. deal with it. Yeah. Even at sixty years old. Yeah. Absolute yeah. icon. Yeah. So I suppose yeah, it would be it'd be easier to get um another director than to get another Joan Crawford. <laughs> yeah. So they would yeah. just have yeah. to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. just a director. <laughs> we can exactly. we can replace yeah. you. So the so the so the premise of the film is she's home. So you have her struggling with getting back into reality you have a struggling with people you know the rumour mill gossip dealing with what she's apparently done in the past and then also people start to die all around her it's a horror movie it sort of forgets it's a horror movie for a little bit but then sort of remembers and Mm. quickly fixes it and people start getting their heads chopped off all around and you you get that good you get the good scene with the um the photo album, where they look at the, all the photo, mm. they find the photo album in the um, in an art studio, yeah. and all the, all the faces are cut out yeah. of their husbands. Yeah, yeah. And she doesn't say everyone's a stranger, and that's so you know she, she doesn't know anyone. Yeah, yeah, that's really. I think that's just that's just the start of her. Like I think she does a tour de force performance in this film because there's part of it where you just I just really felt for her character, and yeah, that was yeah. one of them because she's meant to be. Um, Michael, Carol's boyfriend, is meant to be yeah. coming for dinner, and she's being introduced to him for the first time. And I think his parents are coming. Yeah, and she's saying, "Oh, I'm not ready to meet strangers." Yeah, and and Carol says, "Well, we, yeah, we know them." She says, "But everyone's a stranger," yeah. and it is yeah. just so it's so loaded and sad. Yeah. It's really sad. Even the her own daughter's a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the thing with John Crawford, though, is that. She made she every role for her. She approached it like like this one's going to get me the Oscar. Mm. <laughs> so mm. even if she was in the worst film in the world, she would still be amazing because she was she was elevated to another to a whole other level. So mm. the amount of effort she put into Mildred Pierce, she put into this, and you can see it, and it it makes her amazing and tragical at the same yeah. time. Mm, yeah, because you've got this woman who's like. She looks bizarre. She's got this the hair snatched back or like a really a really uh, dramatic looking wig, and the big eyebrows and quite harsh features. She mm. sort of made herself look hard as mm. she got older. Uh, so there's something quite desperate and sad about that to watch, but you also want to get behind her. I think. Yeah. Well. You're also root for her. Definitely. 
And mm. yeah, I just felt sorry for it for the entire film. Like yeah. in a way, I just and even before you get to the plot reasons why, but like I just kept thinking, God, everyone's really overreacting. She hasn't done anything that weird. Like you yeah. don't know about the media or the murders that are going on. So I was like, you just all kind of overreacting. Like when she goes, Oh, I'm a sculptress too, and then starts to like sculpture, and then she's like, Mother! She's <laughs> holding the knife a bit weird. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, come on, get a grip. At one point, I thought, if you're that worried, why are there so many sharp implements yeah, hanging around at random everywhere in the everywhere. house? Yeah. <laughs> it's like more sharp implements than I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think you even use an axe to kill a chicken, do you? Don't you just bring its knife? Well, yeah. if you're the farmhand. Oh, no, he doesn't even kill the giant axe, doesn't he? Yeah, he has a giant axe. It's a very over-the-top tool. It's a bit weird talking in the mill, isn't it? So he's talking to him and he's like, do you want to come in and watch? Yeah. And I was like, no, we don't. Because isn't that where the thing of... Not to offend your (laughs) sensitivities, Stephen, but isn't that the thing of where they find out that chickens run round afterwards? Oh, with no head. Yeah. Run round like headless chicken. chicken. Yeah. That's true, that is, isn't it? And he can go for like, I think one lived like 30 years or something. Just, not 30 years, seven years. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like a couple of years anyway. <coughs> Obviously, I don't think chickens lived 30 years, yeah. even with a head. <laughs> so, Carol decides to start to cheer her mum up. Oh, can I just say, there's really camp moments when you're talking to chickens. When she goes out and looks at the chickens through the, through the fence. <laughs> and she sort of leans on the fence and says, I just hate to see anything caged. I know. <laughs> like, it was so obvious. I'm referencing the fact that I was in an insane yeah, asylum, but yeah. it's so, like, over the top we done. So Carol decides to cheer her mum up by taking her out shopping, and she says, we girls like to look at our best. And um, there's, like, a shopping montage. I, I, I wrote, we girls like to look our best, and then shopping montage. Every film is a shopping montage. <laughs> I will say that I do love a shopping montage. And it just makes me that happy. Yeah, yeah. Especially when they reveal themselves at the end and they just look amazing. And the wake was everything. Yeah, the wake was See, good. the bit I like best of shopping montages is when they've got increasing amounts of bags in the hand <laughs> and yeah. boxes and things. Yeah. I think it really showed off Joan's acting skills because she looked completely unaccustomed to shopping. Yeah. <laughs> and that is not Joan Crawford. There was one bit that um, made me laugh. Well, not laugh. Um, where the, I think when the first time in dinner and the, someone's cutting like, some meat. I was like, it's in black and white. But you can still see that that is rare as fuck. Yeah. It's like the beef joint or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's disgusting. Like, yeah. You can tell even in black and white that that's red as fuck. Mm. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh. Yeah. I think friend Bill would say a good vet would have had it back on its feet. His <laughs> yeah. feet <in> <laughs> 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 um, and then um, there's the moment in where she's in bed and she's having nightmares and well, it, over, it starts with when the shopping, doesn't it? But she the, like the, the rhyme. Yeah. Lucy Howard took her axe, gave her husband forty wax, and when she saw what she had done, she gave his girlfriend forty one. Lucy Howard took her axe, gave her husband forty wax, when she saw what she had done, she gave his girlfriend forty one. Which is an actual childhood. It's Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden, isn't it? Yeah. It's Lizzie Borden because I've never watched. I'd made for TV film, which was quite camp actually. I like that film. There's a series on Netflix, isn't it? As yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Just that's now, I, but I watched this was like a Hallmark. Hmm. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love a good Hallmark film. Um, 
about Lizzie Borden and I was like that's the rhyme of that they've uh, copied it and then I had to make sure that it wasn't actually Lizzie Borden that she was meant to be playing because it's a very similar name I feel like they chose the name just because it fit the rhyme yeah, scheme. Similar, yeah. <laughs> yeah she wakes up in bed and there's a couple of severed heads next to her that look a little bit sculpted yeah shall we say I don't know what you mean they, yeah. look, very, they look very genuine utterly <laughs> 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 convinced so we get the do we get the impression that either she is mad or someone is trying to drive her around the bend. Which just adds, doesn't it, to the mm. sympathy that we feel for the character. Yeah. And yeah. then we get the introduction where she finally meets the boyfriend. boyfriend. Oh, and amazing. takes it all up a notch. That, like, it just, yeah, it really does. This is where it steps into its own little level of the flooziest little walk yes. over to someone <laughs> ever. That can, that can happen to anyone if you have just a little bit too much fun. Well, as we've seen, Martin, mm. what with Jim with you. Yeah. But I just like the fact that, you know... Lucy's come out of 20 years in the asylum. She's slowly getting back to her old self. And then we realise her old self is a slut. Yes. <laughs> What's the first, the, the first line she says? You didn't tell me he was this good looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like to think, though, if I was in her situation, I would act exactly the same. I know. And then she pretends that she didn't even notice her daughter was still there. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. It's just comp- And I would totally act like that around him as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I love how she says... Your young man is quite a charmer. I'm just a country girl. <laughs> <laughs> she's very handsome. She's like spoken his very, face. Yeah, and very. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I made the note that she's so without class, it's inspirational. I think I think it's moments like this that really talk to a queer audience as well. Mm. Yeah, completely. because you just see yourself in, the, <laughs> in that role. You know, you see yourself being that cougar, don't you? Even yeah. if you're younger than the man, you still want to be the cougar for yeah. some reason. You can, you can, you can completely put yourself in that position of behaving inappropriately with some straight lad who's never exactly. not interested in you but are a party because you've drunk too much and yeah. you just think he's hot every exactly. single one of my straight girl mates boyfriends that I've ever met and then suddenly I get drunk and I'm like sir <laughs> <laughs> how are we <laughs> drinking <laughs> I think it's here as well that I started to realise that the fact that she was daring to be so sexual at her age was probably more shocking to the audience than the thoughts of her being an axe mare as well. Mm. Yeah. And uh, it made me think a lot about the bravery of Joan Crawford as well and going back to Joan and Betty and how they were really pioneers for women getting old and, and daring to still work and daring to still want to be relevant and mm-hmm. in the public eye. And I think this is Joan's way of doing it, you know? And I wonder if this, I wonder if part of her acting that was was sort of knowing because you if, you if you think about it that era all not far back from that women were still getting put in asylums for being flirty just for being flirty, just for being flirty <laughs> yeah. and doing, yeah. doing those sorts of things so I wonder if she was playing up to people, some people's yeah. prejudices yeah maybe uh, and what I also like the fact that she's not overacting mm. no when she's doing it she's not like ridiculous yeah it's like it's over the top but not like unrealistic yeah. it's just camp it's she's just over the top because she's playing a woman who's a she's bit over, drunk yeah she's yeah. an over the top and woman she does it brilliantly yeah maybe she was a bit drunk well she probably was well, <laughs> but, yeah she didn't need to act that she probably was yeah yeah I mean and don't get me wrong in this film she does overact yeah. there are moments where you're like ooh in, a, in the best way but the moments like this where you expect overacting yeah. you don't really get it there's a truth to it that's what it is it's truthful 
And she's 100% committed to whatever she does in this film. Which leads to the highlight of the whole film for me. The Doctor. Well, that. <laughs> no. I, I mean, not the Doctor. I mean, the Doctor not scene. Not Doctor Him. Well, that scene... <laughs> But the fact that she turns the record off by lighting a match is the best thing I've ever seen. Strikes a match on the record. I genuinely gasped. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. And then her insane oh. nicotine stain knitting. Two bars of miles an hour. The fact that he just walks in and just lights up his pipe, it's like he's walking someone else's house yeah. and just yeah. it's like how rude's that? I know it's a farm, but fucking hell. <laughs> 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 it's just so rude. Before she turns off the music, though, as soon as she puts it on and she starts doing this weird little awkward dance by yeah, the music, she's like jigging about. Yeah. I, and it's just like, I don't know, it just made me really happy. That's yeah. everything. As soon as she started jiggling about a bit, I was just like, I love you. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to distract by dancing weirdly. The knitting, though, she did that in real life. <clears throat> There's a famous story about when she was in a film called The Women from 1939, where she played um, second fiddle to an actress called Norma Shearer. She uh, she was like the other woman, and she was like the baddie. And there was always like one upmanship between her and Norma Shearer. And when Norma Shearer had to do takes where she it was close up on her face and she had to react to things, Joan would sit right next to the camera, right just in her earshot, and this really loudly, really fast, and just <laughs> so she'd have to keep doing tape to tape. That's what it is. So the knitting is real. She's just like epic Lex level bitchiness. She is amazing, yeah. Who is it who says sanity is a relative term? In this film? I hope it's not the doctor. I think it is. <laughs> it's the, I think, yeah, I think it is. It's Dr. Pepsi Cola. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dr. Pepsi? Dr. Pepsi. Well, he was a bit of a haphazard. He was a haphazard doctor because he showed up. Like she'd been home for like a couple of days or a week, so I didn't really get the timeline in this film at all. Yeah, um, it's a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's an hour. Um, it's later that day, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, no, she's been to bed once. So. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, oh that's true. Two days. Two days. Um, it'll be prom next week. So then, he releases her. We don't know how long she's been there, but it's probably been a while at this point. Mm. And then at this point, he shows up to inspect and then tells the daughter that oh well I think she's probably unfit to be out and she's actually on probation and she's possibly still a bit made me. Yeah. and I'm like yeah. she's been living with this woman for the last week at least with lots of sharp implements are you messing now you yeah. bother to tell her yeah. <laughs> I think that's not how it works <laughs> and I'll tell you what I'll put her in my car on my own and drive <laughs> her in yeah. side, back to the asylum when I'm on holiday, and nobody really knows I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> on a, a camp on holiday to the yeah. woods. You know, <laughs> just the Pacific Northwest, where there's no one there. <laughs> he was going to die anyway. That's true. So the murders then begin, and each murder is um, is uh, heralded by the jangle of a bracelet. And a slightly darkened out face with a wig. It's weird. Which must be Joan. It can't be anyone else. It must be Joan, because they did buy her a wig on and, the shopping. And that dress... That you say that's yeah. the same dress that she bought. Yeah. So obviously, it's her. Joan Crawford is the murderer Convinced. in this film. So, even the killings are camp. Although, I do think the bit where George Kennedy, so George Kennedy plays the farmhand, doesn't he? Mm. And the bit where he goes into uh, into the outhouse, he's got the pigs hanging up. And, oh, yeah. yeah. I thought that was actually genuinely creepy. Yeah. There were two moments in this that yeah. were genuinely creepy. This one, and then at the end. And I, yeah, I thought that was really creepy. Mm. It reminded me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, the squealing pigs in the background. Yeah. yeah. And the bit where he's looking 
happens, aren't it? Is it a um, is it a chest freezer or something? Or is like a, that's where well, that's where yeah, it's a freezer, isn't it for the yeah. for the meat? Well, yeah. he finds the bodies, isn't it? Yeah, when he opens it, it just made me think of that scene in Texas Chainsaw when he opens yeah. it and mm. someone tries to get out of the freezer. Um, so I thought that was really scary, and then he gets his head lopped off, and we see it all on camera, which is quite rare. That's, that's the only one that you see Probably. on camera, isn't it? And it just flies off. Well, whoever it was has got some strength because his, his head's not even on the block. He's just hanging in his air and his yeah. head just comes off clean yeah. in one swipe. Yeah. Well, you know, all that sculpture, all that, all that time spent in an asylum <laughs> probably makes you yeah. just <laughs> just hitting the gym. Hitting <laughs> <laughs> <In> the gym. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get out. He's straight. <laughs> Crawford's on the way to go down. Uh, so but doesn't yeah. he? Doesn't he? He's blackmailed, doesn't he? There's a scene before it because he finds the doctor's car, doesn't he? That's right, yeah. And yeah. he's painting it a different colour. She so comes home and goes, What are you doing with this car? Yeah. It's like, Oh, this is my car now. And it's kind of implied that he knows that she must have bumped yeah. him off. So when this happened, when the murder happened, you think, Oh, that's the motive. Yeah. 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 But how you convincingly paint a car? Just, with- yeah. With, yeah. with a paintbrush <laughs> and emotion. <laughs> that's just me. I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. I was like, that's not going to work. That's just no, it out. might work in a black and white film, but not in yeah. actual life. <laughs> so after murdering George Kennedy, um, Lucy is taken to meet the in-laws, isn't she? Yeah. The future in-laws of her daughter. And uh, what could possibly go wrong? Well, you know, you've got Joan Crawford, ex-asylum inmate and former, possibly current slut. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly current slut. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) high society. (laughs) Possibly current slut. (laughs) And high society, wealthy parents of daughter's boyfriend. Yeah. I heard the wedding bells already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a strange scene, isn't there, that segues from, from one to the other, where she's in, like, a dressing room. Yeah, and she can't get out, and it's almost implied that she's got, it's like a, a, it's like a flashback. flashback to the asylum, like isn't, isn't it? Cell, isn't yeah. It? yeah. I think I got most of it out. Yeah, she's just gone to the toilet or something, hasn't she? Because she spilled coffee on herself. Yeah, again, it's that's really good. That's thing I like. Disturbing I like as well, isn't it? Yeah. And it's all down to her accent. She's so good. It reminded the way it was shot. Reminded me. It reminded. Me, it made me think they were trying to be Hitchcock. It's about Hitchcock. Psycho. Yeah, just trying to do yeah. that sort of shot. Yeah. So I did notice another bit where uh, I think it was where the farmhand killed and the music just sounds just like Vertigo. So I said you're obviously yeah. Um, trying to copy some of that. Mm. Yeah. So there's a Hitchcock reference, the elements definitely. Yeah. Um, so this is the moment. So she goes to see the parents, and this is the moment where we have the famous "It was an asylum" rant, which you'll probably recognise from our opening theme. It was an asylum, and it was hell. Twenty years of pure hell. Yeah. Why were you in a sanatorium? Well, I, I was. Answer me, why? Well, I, I was ill. Alice, please, don't you see you're upsetting her? It wasn't just a sanatorium, was it? Was it? No! 
wasn't. It was an asylum. And it was hell. 20 years of pure hell. And again, that's brilliant because it's camp, but heartfelt at the same yeah. time. Mm. How are we supposed to feel? Are you supposed to laugh at it or are you supposed to cry? Um, I think, well, it's wonderful. It and you wonderful. can laugh. It's a wonderful moment and you can really, you can laugh at, at, at it as a camp moment. Yeah. But actually in the context of when she says it, she's, um, she's trying to, she's fighting for her daughter's future. Mm-hmm. She's fighting for her daughter to be ex- accepted in spite of her background and her own history. Yeah. Um, and she's, you know, she's, she's just, she's desperate and forceful yeah. in one, isn't she? I, yeah. I like cheered at the moment because I thought it was just like, it was like an act of defiance. Yeah. Like, you're not going to hold me down and you're not yeah. going to bring this up to take me down. She was standing up for herself. She was in camp and she was doing it. Well, she was in charge. Two seconds after, I was cheated, but Carol won't be. Yeah. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of strength in it, isn't there? Yeah. Because she's so vulnerable, but she's strong at the same time. Mm. You go, Lucy. And also, we were laughing about the how the pictures in the house, in like the, I don't know where it's meant to be set in Nevada or Phoenix oh, or yeah. in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. And the boyfriend's parents' house, they've got a Mona Lisa on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and a picture of Napoleon. And I think possibly other. <laughs> other. Famous international artwork. It's probably the original. Yeah. It looked that small, but it could have been the original Mona Lisa. <laughs> that's, yeah. showing, that's showing how rich they are. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. what she's married into. Yeah. They've got the Mona Lisa. Lisa. The Mona Lisa. The, the Louvre just rented off them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it actually looks a bit bigger than the actual Mona Lisa. It's tiny, isn't it, in yeah. real life? Yeah. Uh, and then we get to the big reveal when we well, find... There's another, well, there's a psycho reference first, isn't there? The shower. It's, yeah. To walk through. I think the room where he's walking closet, there's a shower in yeah. the middle, in the ensuite. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. And, oh, well, obviously. But this moment I thought was creepy. Mm-hmm. I thought this was really well done. And then, obviously, Lucy turns up with an axe and is about to attack Michael's mum. Mm. But then we think, something's not quite right. She doesn't look quite right. <laughs> Joe Croft has a facelift in between scenes. <laughs> <laughs> then, would you be that surprised if she did? <laughs> <laughs> but then the actual Joan Crawford comes in and we realise that somebody is killing people dressed as Joan Crawford in exactly the same clothes wig and face <laughs> where did she get the mask from? the bust she she the, the bust that's what the bust was for to make a cast it was a different face but no it wasn't uh, <laughs> no right. it was the same it was the same face <laughs> you know it was because they tell you right in excruciating detail it's but actually the mask is terrifying. <laughs> that's it's scary enough. But that, reminds, that mask reminds me of Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. <laughs> yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre must have been inspired by this film. I think it was. It's exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a bit of overlap in the inspiration because, of, well, Ed Gein would have been before this. and Yeah. So that was based on a farm. Robert Bloch was big into Ed Gein, wasn't he? Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, you're right there. Yeah. The resemblance between Leatherface and that mask. Yes. Carol's is uncanny. Leather Joe. Leather Joe. <laughs> that sounds like that's a drag. That's a, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, yeah, that's a different sort of drag. Leather Joe Crawford. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we come down to a fight to the death between Joe Crawford and Joe Crawford. 
Yeah. Which reminds me of the Crystal versus Crystal fight in Tennessee. There you go. Um, and Doesn't then, he throw an axe at it? Does yeah. it seem like he's like leaning against the wall and the axe just sticks and flies at it? Yeah. Um, and then they have the fight, and then fake John Crawford's mask is ripped off to reveal, spoiler alert, that the actual killer all along has been Carol, the daughter. It's like M. Night Shyamalan twist this one. Like, yeah. I was completely shocked. I didn't see it coming. Didn't you? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew who the murderer was um, as in the very opening scene where you see the daughter awake and I was like, so she's going to kill the <laughs> so she's not- <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah. I can think I knew this well, was happening. Yeah. When you were talking about the credits, after watching the film, I was thinking, well, those paintings are obviously by the daughter. So this is all a... Uh, you know, the, the, oh, of course. Uh, so the daughters painted these over in the in the twenty years the one's been away. See, I thought that was I thought it was Jones art therapy. I never thought. No, so. But when you know what the twist is, it yeah, kind of makes probably, sense. Yeah, it yeah. makes much more sense. So, so she's drew pictures of seven heads and chopped up bodies for twenty years, and then made them. So when you know, yeah, then Gosh. sculpted them and then made real ones, kill people. So she's got seven. <laughs> New level to this film. <laughs> We're going to have to go back and watch it again yeah. right now. So, Carol is the actual killer. And then, um, I love the flip out Carol's big breakdown at the end when she's saying, I love you, I hate you, I love you, I hate you. <laughs> she's Pummeling the mask yeah. in her hand. Amazing. It doesn't matter, darling. Don't you understand? We can be married. They can't stop us now. We'll have the money, we'll have everything! I planned this one from the beginning when I knew she was coming back. You planned? Of course! I knew your parents would object to the marriage, but we're rid of them now. Everyone will think that Lucy is the murderess! Don't you see? She's insane! She's insane! She's insane! She's insane! I hate her! Oh, oh, I'm sorry, please. No, I didn't mean to hurt you. Please, I love you. I hate you! I love you. I love you. I love you. I hate you! God damn it, I hate you! I hate you! love how um after all this has happened and we've had like the psycho reveal of but not quite as exciting um you get this reveal and it feels like the end of an episode of like made as you wrote yeah. <laughs> or like scooby-doo or something when yeah. you go and this is how we done it we made the class the mask yeah. out of this so yeah. we did the tapes yeah. yeah we did some art decoration on the day first of all yeah. and it's like excruciating details mm-hmm. like the tape playing yeah. and everything yeah. i was like didn't really need to know all this, but okay. <laughs> Psycho suffers from the same as well, doesn't it? Yeah. It's got that yeah, stupid exposition yeah. scene at yeah. the end where it's explaining everything. Yeah. But this is explicitly camp in the reveal, and I just love it. I love all those programs anyway. So yeah, they show you all the fake heads, and doesn't she just say, "Oh yeah, she's insane"? And you see, yeah, you say you see all the fake heads, and you see the tape playing on the nursery rhyme. So funny. But then she says, "Doesn't doesn't she? She's going to to." going to the asylum to join Carol to make sure she's okay. Yeah. So she's going to go and look after her. 
Because doesn't she say something really touching at the end about... Um, oh, what is it she says? It's right at the end. Uh, and it's about Carol. It's about... Well, isn't it something I have let her down before? I don't know what let her down this time. I'm going to make sure something she gets like better. That, yeah. Or something really nice like that. There are moments in the script that are really nice and touching. Mm. Mm. Not a terrible so was this really hated, this film? Or was it, or? It, was a, it was a success. It was a, it was a success. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it was aimed at like a horror driving type crowds and they loved it. They locked it up. Say, a few years after Psycho, where the kinds of the similar plot, wasn't it? Yeah. Someone dressed up as the mother, killing people. Exactly. She's the bio queen. <laughs> yeah. So she went on to, so like, it was a success. So Joan Crawford sort of stuck with the horror movies for the last portion of her career. And she, she's, she has a cameo appearance in a film called I Saw What You Did. In 1965, which I haven't seen. Okay. Then she was in The Karate Killers in 1967, which I haven't seen. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds brilliant. That does. That's going to be our next episode. I'm going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but then she was in, in 1968, she was in a film called Berserk, which I have seen. Mm-hmm. And she's like the ringmaster of a circus where people start getting bumped off. And her first scene is like she comes out, it's like dressed in circus ringmaster like red jacket and tights and stuff with a she's got blonde hair all piled high on top of her head um and I can't remember anything else about that film <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of I think there was some elements of that that were ripped off by American Horror Story the circus yeah. one yeah. freak show one makes sense people start getting killed and you wonder whether she's behind it or not American Horror Story ripping things off who's a thought nah who's a thought scandalous <laughs> and then 1970 she made the horror movie Trog which, which is known as the one of the worst movies ever made. Again, I haven't watched it and I think maybe we should cover it one oh, time yeah. in the yeah. podcast. Yes, yes, definitely. What I have watched is one of her last ever performances, which is really quite fascinating. There was a fil- there was a TV show that was like an anthology thing of different supernatural thrillers. And she was in it. It was called The Sixth Sense. And um, she was in an episode in 1972 called Dear Joan, We're Going to Scare You to Death. Where she sort of gets picked up by like a, a gang. Um, oh no, I think that this gang break down and they come and stay in her house. I think that's what it is, or the other way around. And they're, they're sort of experimenting with clairvoyance and holding seances and stuff. But they basically want to see if they can scare her to death. And she's like a victim again in it, which is quite mm. sad. But again, she plays it well. She's like really over the top and camp and stuff. She's fabulous. So we mentioned at the beginning about the logo at the end. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Let's, like, yeah. I'm going with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and the, when the credits roll up, it has the Columbia logo of the famous... It's the woman torch. with the torch, isn't it? Yeah. Which, yeah, it said Columbia woman with the torch in, when I was reading up about this, and I was like, is it not the Statue of Liberty? I'm really confused. No. Is the Columbia woman a different woman? I think it's a woman. I'm getting, I'm My getting... mind is blown by the... <laughs> <laughs> woman. Okay, so the Columbia woman, not Statue of Liberty, mm. gets decapitated and the head is by her feet during the movie. So camp. Which is just a nice little camp. It's probably, isn't it? yeah. probably meant to be some Greek woman, I'd imagine, isn't it? Yeah. It, but no, I'm just really confused. My life's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, like, when they went into the pictures and they did the openings, everyone was given a little wooden axe to take in. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. I was like, that's so cute. It was like, the, the, William Castle was the king of like gimmick cinema, mm. wasn't he? Like the tingler, wasn't it? There was yeah. like electric things in the chairs that ran off. Yeah. I think another one of the films, there was like little, um, there meant to be mice running under your feet. And right. there was little um, like rags on sticks under the chairs yeah, and they like pop out. out and, yeah. yeah. Amazing. 
But that's, I think that's fun, especially it's if it brilliant. was unexpected. Yeah. yeah. Then I'd be like, this is cool. Yeah. Now it's not like 5D experience. Crap. Pay 20 quid for the D box. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and when you don't even get any D. But this is a great film, I think. It's really camp. If you're looking for something camp and silly, definitely give it yeah. a look. And also Joan Crawford, you know, if you're a if you're a queer horror fan and you haven't seen this, then you need to be on. Yeah, if you don't like it when she steps off the train, <laughs> then you just need to turn her off there. Yeah. You're not, it's not for you. And also you need to just go away. Yeah, you need to go and examine your life if you don't like that moment. Yes, exactly. So are we done? We're done. Did yeah. we have a fun time? We had a fun time. That was your podcast. And it was hell! <laughs> 60 minutes of pure hell! <laughs> it was actually only 48, but it felt like 60 because it was hell. If you like that, if, what did you think of Martin's outburst, guys? Did you love it? Did you hate it at the same time? Um, it was it was staying a Martin mask. <laughs> yes, it was staying a Martin mask, yes. Um, yeah, and he's about to lob all our heads off. So, uh, if you enjoyed that, then get in touch, let us know. Uh, tweet us, tweet me, at Johnny Larkin. Oh, uh, Cthulhu502. That's John Butler, and Stephen Moore, what's you? HSD99. And uh, you can't tweet Martin. No. But the address of the asylum is... <laughs> Give us your feedback, we'd love to hear from you. And you can also email us at screamingqueens at gmail.com. And we're going to go now and um, go around the local neighbourhood with our axes. And we're going to get some head. Yeah. I always get good head. <laughs> so it says on those toilet walls. <laughs> nice, everyone. Bye.